Okay, so welcome back to My Lady Narcissist. I promise to uh, to get another episode done tonight, and I'm barely coming through. I'm kind of busy in the middle of packing and, and getting ready to move pretty soon. <clears throat> so, honestly, I, I didn't even really have time to to listen to the original episode that I was recording last night that got cut off because of the, the sound, had some sort of technical difficulties. But I know that I was in the middle of telling the story of the affair. <clears throat> and so th- this is basically how it went. Um, my wife started to slowly stop helping out with the bills, stopped helping out with housework, even stopped helping out with her own kids. There were so many things that I took care of that, you know, really I had no legal or even moral obligation to take care of as as a step-parent. So it started to really wear on me to the point where I was, I was just kind of done, you know, um, there was, there's no way I could keep up the routine of working 70 and 80, 70 and 80 hours a week on top of getting everything done around the house. So I started to really hold her accountable, you know, like asking questions that she didn't want to answer as far as like why she couldn't help with the bills and where all her money was going because she would always say this thing about well with everything that I have to pay for for you uh, I just don't have any money to help with the bills and so I started challenging her on that it's like what exactly are you paying for um, for me because honestly I there's nothing that you pay for for me so and then she, you know when I would start to do that she would the standard you know tell me that I'm yelling at her telling me that I was talking down to her or um, treating her disrespectfully or whatever so of course I you know originally I would back down but eventually there toward the end um, I, I wasn't I was standing my ground and everything so we uh, we were having a conversation one day and this is one of the many conversations that I was recording because she would she would make statements and then as soon as I would fire back and respond she would shut down and get really silent and um, she made a comment about how I should be helping her with her car payment and and finally I, I said how, like how how am I supposed to to do that when I'm paying the rent by myself and the car insurance by myself and the electricity and buying the groceries and and just, you know, list off everything that I'd taken care of financially versus the zero that she had taken care of financially for us. And her response was, you know, you know what? We're good. We're good. I don't want to talk about it. And so I came back at her and I said, you know, for, for somebody who tells me that I don't communicate, you sure do like to withdraw and go silent anytime you're proven wrong about something. And so she said, no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're not going to talk about it. And so I didn't let up. I said, you know, no, like, we need to talk about this because there's no way we can keep this up for the rest of our marriage, for the rest of our lives, you know. And um, she said, you know what, you want to do things 50-50, split right down the middle, let's do that, 50-50. And I said, okay, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's, oh, that's normal, that's okay. And so... That was when she, that, that very day, and I had already called her out about the suspicious behavior and, and my belief that she was having an affair and everything, but she said, you know what, now I'm going to have to go 
uh, drive for ride sharing tonight. And that's when I knew right away. I was like, she's, she's not, um, she has to work tomorrow morning. She's not going to work all night and then all day tomorrow morning. You know, this woman who gets sick for two weeks, if she doesn't get eight hours of sleep. Um, so yeah, I, I knew that she, I knew that she was cheating and that was like the, uh, that was the nail in the coffin for me as far as not needing anybody to tell me, uh, not even needing proof. I just knew in my gut, she's cheating. I'm going to figure this out. So I had to work an overtime shift that night (sighs) and she said she wanted to go start driving at about 6 p.m. So she hired her uh, oldest daughter to watch our son and put him to bed and everything and she started to like you know not answer text messages not answer phone calls and everything and, and that was that was already get to that point anyway so okay just making sure i still have audio so at that point you know i was just kind of at a loss because i knew that she was going to continue to deny it and deny it unless she was actually caught in the act of cheating so I got home that night and I was just thinking like, you know, her locations on her phone aren't working mysteriously. And she blamed that on our, he was two at the time, blamed that on our two-year-old. Um, so I was just kind of at a loss and I was sitting there, you know, I, I couldn't sleep and I started thinking, you know what, like, I am able to track her vehicle using um, an app so I look at where her vehicle is and she had texted me a little bit earlier and said she was going to stay at a friend's house. So I knew where the, I knew where that friend lived. And so when I tracked her vehicle, I realized that is nowhere near where that friend lives. That's in a completely different town, you know, about 10 miles away. So I do some online investigating um, through the tax office website of that county and you know, realized it was a guy and everything. So at about the time she would have been leaving for work, I drive down there with our son in the back. He's sleeping in in his car seat. And I mean, it's terrible that he had to go through that, you know, because his mother was so toxic that she had to find somebody else to move on to before the marriage was even over. And there's a backstory on that. Um, Two previous marriages had ended because of infidelity and everything as well. So, you know, that's that's not a me problem. That's a her problem. Not that I'm trying to pass the blame off or anything, but it's just like, damn, damn it, man. Like, <clears throat> you know, how, how much more could I have done as, as a husband and as a partner? So I go down there and it was about the time she would have been getting ready for work very early in the morning and... I turned my my camera on on my phone, stuck my phone in my shirt pocket so I could record because I I, I know how she is. And this is a this is a video that I watched recently um because of her reactions and I was just like, man, that there's no way that in a year and a half a woman or a person can go from so evil and vindictive 
when they were caught cheating to just normally totally, just totally normal and rational. So it's nice to have that reminder uh, every time that I think, well, maybe she has changed because there's just no possible way for that to have happened. So I rang the doorbell, um, old man, (laughs) I, I say old man, I mean, he's, he's about, he was about 12, 12 to 15 years older than us. Um, and that just tells me even more that it wasn't about, you know, the physicality of it. It was more of the the security of having somebody to take care of her. So he answers the door uh, shirtless and I explain to him like, hey, you know, I'm I'm not here to be confrontational or anything, but that's my wife's car in your driveway. And he he was stunned to say the least. He he was at a loss for words. He just kept saying, I'm, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know she was married. She said she was divorced. She said that you guys are over and everything. And I was like, no, I mean, we, you know, yeah, we have our problems, but our problems are because I keep calling her out on like piss poor behavior, honestly. And I explained to her, explained to him, you know, that I had recently found out she had been married more times than she had said and that she was actually married when we started dating, and I didn't know that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have dated her. So we're having our conversation, and I'm talking like at this level here, not yelling at, by any means. So she comes out, and she's you know she is livid. She's angry. And from the research that I've done, everything that I know, it's, it's because people like that don't know how to process guilt because they just don't experience guilt the way a normal person experiences guilt. So it comes out as anger and they just kind of like lash out. So she comes out and she's like, dude, what are you doing here? Um, and I explained to her like, hey, it was actually our three year anniversary. So I said, hey, happy anniversary. And she's like, what are you, what are you even talking about? I was like, do not act like you're not married. Like, you know, don't. Don't be doing this. I'm, I'm just, I'm done with the, the, the mind games. I'm done with the lying and manipulation. I'm just done with all of it. Um, so she's like, you know, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, you need to leave. You're causing a scene. I was like, I'm not causing a scene. I'm, I'm talking at a normal level. Like, we're having a decent conversation out here. So she makes the decision to pull him into the house and tell him, like, you know, I need to talk to you in here. Um, so I, I drove back thinking, you know what, like, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm not even, not even mad. I'm just, you know, um, I don't even know how to describe how I felt. It's almost like, it's almost like a feeling of relief. Like, finally she did something so egregious that she can't come back from that. Like, she can't turn this around on me. Oh, but she did. So, for the next few weeks, it was... It was like a lot of mind games and threats of of kicking me out of the apartment and making me pay for that apartment plus my new place plus pay child support and you know and luckily I had been doing some research on that and and then knew that she couldn't just immediately put me on any kind of child support and and honestly I you know for the last year and a half that we've been separated I've been documenting every hour um, every day that I have our son. And honestly, it works out to where I have him more than 50% of the time because she just, honestly, she can't, she can't handle kids. She just can't. 
Um, man, if she ever found out I was doing this podcast, oh, she she would become enraged. Um, so don't don't anybody tell her if you figure out who this is. Please don't tell her. Um. So yeah, man, this is this is a good this is a good free flowing. I haven't stopped it or anything at this point. Um, usually I'll stop it whenever I, I kind of get to like a pausing point. Um, but yeah, so the next few weeks were just, were just very chaotic and tumultuous to the point where I, you know, I had no idea if I was going to be able to see my son the next day from one day to the next. Um, I didn't know whether or not she was going to call my work and cause problems there. And so it was real, it was real touch and go, but I ended up you know, promising that I'd go to counseling with her because she tried to say that it was, you know, because I wasn't affectionate, you know. And when I called her on that, I was like, no, like, I'm affectionate. Like, I'm more than uh, affectionate every single day. Like, I'm literally waiting on you hand and foot, you know. It's, to me, what it looks like is you had an affair for financial reasons, which is a completely, I'm just going to say a cuss word. So if you're not comfortable with cuss words, close your ears for the next few seconds. It was completely fucked up. It was a fucked up situation for her to do that to her family, to her kids, to me, just to anyone. She just treated marriage like a total shit. She t- treats marriage in general like shit. All right, that's all that's all the cussing. You can you can come back now. So yeah, I go to counseling and she's religious and I, I I talked. I can't remember how I covered the religious, you know, manipulation and everything in the last episode. I, I know that I intended to, but you know, we go to her religious counselor and her her religious counselor at her church, or or a religious counselor, not hers in particular, but so a religious counselor who and it's it was a Christian church. Um. So I have I have issues with with you know, established religion or structured religion. I can't remember the word for it, but I have problems with the whole notion that, oh, you can just do whatever you want and say, I'm sorry and ask for forgiveness and you're good. You know, I just, I don't buy that. I think you should just do good things and you should be a good person. So we, we go into the counseling and, you know, explain the affair and everything. And the counselor's like, yeah, you know, like, you need God to uh to keep you from doing stuff like that and you know I I pray every day that like God doesn't give me or that uh, Satan doesn't you know give me temptation and that I fall for my my desires and everything and I, I interrupted I was like I'm, I'm sorry but like I don't need God to tell me not to cheat on somebody I don't need God to tell me not to have sex with other people you know um and so he he was kind of floored by that. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is, this is the issue that I have with religion, you know, be good. That's all. Just be good, be a good person. So, um, we went to counseling a few more times and I didn't want to, but I forgave her and decided, you know, like, let's get past this. Um, you know, as long as you are, are done talking to him and everything, we're good. So, couple of weeks go by and I get a, a, a tollway bill in the mail and it's her car and it's after the date that I had caught her and it was putting her car around his house in that area. So I intentionally played a mind game on this one. I left it out on the count. 
<clears throat> excuse me, left it out on the counter for her to see, uh, just open, wide open, you know, so that she would know, hey, I've seen this too. So she comes home, um, but I think I had already left at that point uh, to go to work, and I come back from work later that night, and it's gone, just completely missing. So I text her the next day when she's at work, and I'm like, hey, what happened to that toll tag bill that was that was on the uh, that was on the counter? And immediately she calls, immediately FaceTimes, which I know from dealing with her with her, um, when she FaceTimes, it's because she doesn't want she doesn't want to document anything in text message form. So that's why I've had to start recording our FaceTime conversations, which uh, it, it's, it's exhausting to have to be that way. But, uh, you know, in the end, it's, it's my protection, honestly. So she's pissed off at me, you know, talking about like, what are you talking about? And I don't, I didn't see one. Why are you accusing me of stuff? And I was like, seriously, you're the one that cheated. Like, you're the one that has done bad, terrible things in this marriage, and you're going to come at me like that. I'm sorry, but you know that you did something with it. And I didn't back down. And so then she gave me the angry face, said she had to go, um, proceeded to give me the death glare silent treatment for about a week after that. Um, and so I just, you know, I was just like, you know what, it is what it is. Um, I'm making secret plans to to find a new place and everything and just leave her the apartment so you know what you're on your own um I had already talked to my apartment manager got a transfer um and it was just a matter of time before I was out of that apartment um actually no let me back up I had not done that yet so here's where it gets even better so she keeps on and on about like, you know, I can't believe you would accuse me of cheating and, and, and I'm like, you, but you did, you know, like, that's what I don't get. Like, what do you not get about why I don't trust you at this point? So a few weeks go by and a, a buddy of mine texts me one Sunday afternoon. Um, and so she had been going to church and church the church process would last a couple of hours because she would go to church and then she would go to counseling after church and everything. Well, lo and behold, my friend texts me one day. He's like, is your wife with you right now? And I knew right away. He sees her out in public with somebody else, probably the dude, but most likely someone else at, at, at the very least. So... I text him back. I was like, she's with somebody else, isn't she? He sends me a picture of her and him holding hands at a table at a restaurant. I text my friend back. I said, I'll be right there. So get my kid dressed, load him up, drive to the restaurant, walk in and sit down next to him. And I'm just like, hey, what's up? You know, again, tell him I'm not mad. They went from, you know, holding hands and smiling with each other to like, yanking their hands back and and she gets all serious and she's like what are you doing here and you know starts to tell him like it this you know my husband's crazy like he keeps following me and I'm like oh no 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 hold on I was like you know like quit deflecting from the situation like we 
had a date night last night to try to work things out. And you're going to sit here and, and tell this guy that we're not working things out. Like, we're divorced and stuff. And he he's, you know, like, man, I'm so sorry. I was so stupid. She told me that you moved out and everything. I was like, no. Like, here's, you know, I pulled out my phone. Like, here's the text messages between us, you know, uh, over this last week of us planning date night last night. And, um, he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna leave. And she's like, I gotta go talk to him. I was like, that's right. You know, choose that dude over your family again, you know? Um, so with that, I, I, you know, I walked out, I loaded my kid up, said, I'm, I'm gonna go enjoy the, this Sunday afternoon with my kid at the park. Well, um, she pulls up in front of my truck and won't let me out and I'm like you you know you need to leave like I'm done I'm done with you like I'm not helping with anything that's not mine like I'm I'm my focus is on our kid and that's it you know I'm not waiting on you anymore I'm not doing anything for your kids like I'm I'm done I'm 100% done so um I go spend the day with my kid at the park, and I, I come home later that evening, and um, she's sitting on the couch, giving me the silent treatment and the death glare and everything, and I'm just, I'm, I'm over it at that point. I'm just, I'm totally ignoring her right back. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, you want to sit there in silence and, you know, in your own misery that you created, then go right ahead. Um, so... A little bit later, you know, um, she tells me that I need to find another place to stay for the night. And I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. So um, I tell her, you know, I'm going to go sleep in my truck, you know. Um, which kind of stinks, you know, because I, I didn't have enough money for a hotel room. Because, again, providing for like eight people, uh, didn't really have a whole lot of money left over. Um, so... A couple of weeks go by of me sleeping on the couch and, and her, you know, saying like two words a day to me and, and trying to make me out to be the bad guy and everything. And so, yeah, it, it I don't even know, I don't even know really what happened over the course of the next few weeks, but I mean, I was just, you know, she she would try to kick me out, and finally I started saying, like, no, you want to leave, you leave. Like, I'm the one that pays for this place. You go find your own place. You pay your own way in life. And that's when she grabbed my testicles. This, well, let me back up. She says, you need to leave. And I said, I'm not going anywhere. She says, it's not safe for me and let's just call her kid Bob. It's not safe for me and Bob here. I'm like, what do you mean it's not safe? Like how am I? How am I being confrontational at all? Like I'm not yelling. I, you know, I haven't done anything. So that's when she reaches forward, grabs me by the testicles as hard as she can, and squeezes. And I bat her hand away. I walk out. I walk out to the living room area, get my phone, walk outside, and call nine one one because I was like, I'm not about to have her accuse me of hitting her or anything like that. Well, a few minutes later, as I'm waiting for the cops, of course, you know, it's busy. It's a city. They're not going to get there right away or anything. But so she opens the garage, drives off with our kid. And I'm like, dang it. 
So, um, so they come, they, they take the report, give me a case number and everything. Um, I declined to file charges, but you know, that's, that's just me because not, not so much because of, um, the embarrassment of it, but because I know that if I file charges on her, she's going to do something twice as bad to try to get back at me. So, um, that's when I backed off. I was like, you know, I'm not, not I'm not about to, to file charges on this. So I just wanted the report. So that next day, it, that's, that's when, okay, this th- things are kind of slowly coming back to me. So this is, this is good that, that I'm, I'm doing this. So yeah, so the next day um, is when I went to my apartment manager and explained to them the situation. I was like, I need a one bedroom. I want to cancel the lease I'm in now. She can do what she wants. I don't. I don't even care. And so I was pretty good friends. Not friends, but I knew the management staff in there pretty well and everything. So, um, yeah, they got me hooked up with a, a one bedroom for a month later and was able to give my wife the notice to vacate and told her I'm done I'm moving out um you need to find a new place to live because we need to be out of here by whatever date it was oh my god you would have thought you would have thought that I had cheated on her at that point like she was just like how dare you do this to the family how dare you know because you know and in in this weird messed up way it was like how dare you have the audacity to leave me you know i know i did all this all these terrible things to you and treated marriage like a baby's diaper but you know how dare you stand up for yourself how dare you have a backbone and everything so yeah um lived on my own for the last year and a half and things have been kind of things have been great you know as far as like when i'm home and when i'm with my kid um, but any time I'm around her, I, I still get like, uh, an anxious feeling, um, cause I, I don't want to be around her more than I have to be. Um, and I've talked to her a little bit about it, but yeah, now I'm kind of in this, in between this, like this kind of purgatory place where it's like, you know, do I file for divorce and have her pull something else out of her sleeve and, try to destroy me or do I move back in with her and let her destroy me over time? It's like, you know, do I, do I rip it off like a bandaid or do I do it nice and slow? So yeah, that's where I'm at. But just to give you a rundown of the last, you know, year and a half of, of being away from her. Um, so I'm not real familiar with like psychological terms and everything, but I'm doing what I call like lashing out, you know, getting back to where I was, like, going, going from, um, a point of, like, super low to just super positive being who I used to be, um, because that's the thing is, you know, I used to be the, like, most positive, happy, energetic person, worked out all the time, was fit, ate right, took care of myself, and wasn't allowed to do any of that, you know, she never, like, outright said, you're not allowed to go to the gym, or you're not allowed to work out, but, just every time I tried tried to to better myself, she would suddenly get sick or she'd be so exhausted or she would just need some sort of help or there'd be some sort of crisis at home that I'd have to run home to take care of and everything. And so, yeah, I, I ended up really letting myself go um, to try to take care of her. So 
I went from 180 pounds and I think I was like 8% body fat to 250 pounds and 40% body fat, body fat. So yeah, that was this, uh, the hardest, the hardest part was getting started again. And, um, now I'm, I'm getting there, you know, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am because I know that it's just, uh, it's just one step in the journey to get back to where I was. So yeah, I've been eating right, uh, taking care of myself, getting enough sleep. Um, so I still, still have a little bit of trouble with sleep because I have this like weird guilty feeling for sleeping. Um, because, you know, again, I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to sleep. Like not, not that I wasn't allowed to sleep enough. I just wasn't allowed. Like I just didn't have time in my schedule to stop, lay down and go to sleep, uh, once a day. So yeah, I still wake up every two or three hours and sometimes it's because I have to go to the bathroom, but other times it's just cause I, I get this like weird guilty feeling and everything, but yeah. So, um, and now I have a job at work where I'm, I'm allowed to work out at work and everything. So man, I've really like over the last three months, I've really made some, some giant gains and I'm, I'm really happy with that. Um, clothes are fitting better. Confidence is, is back. Um, looking good in the mirror. Um, and I just feel more energetic in general. So yeah, man, this was, this one was a good one. I just, I feel like I just really talked and just said some stuff out loud that I needed to hear myself say, um, you know, and, and I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm doing this like self curing or, or self, um, rehab or anything like that. This, this took some counseling on, on my part. I had to do some, um, telehealth counseling for uh, a few months, like right after we moved out or right after I moved out and everything. And, um, Luckily, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't just straight up say like, hey, my wife is a, you know, has narcissistic personality disorder or anything. I just, I explained everything that was going on to my therapist and she said, you know what, like I can't diagnose her because she's not in front of me, but these traits really sound like narcissistic personality disorder. And that's when I told her like, okay, thank you. Cause I, I've, I know a little bit about it at this point. Like I hadn't ever heard of it. I didn't know it was so widespread and everything. Um, but the more I find out about it, like the more it's like it was tailored to her personality. So yeah, definitely go do some research. I don't know what's legal as far as, uh, telling you who to look up if you, if you're not familiar, not familiar with, uh, narcissistic personality disorder, but let's just say there's a very famous doctor that has a lot of videos on YouTube and, I mean, hours, hours of information that's really super helpful. Um, and then there's some other like therapists and counselors and stuff. But the the one that I'm talking about is, um, oh, she's she's an amazing, amazing doctor. Um, really, really puts things in perspective for you. So, um, yeah, so I guess real quick, um, done about 30 minutes or so. Um, so, yeah, um I've, I've watched a lot of, uh, videos on social media, um, narcissistic personality disorder isn't as 
documented with females as it is males and there's you know various reasons for that uh, one of them because males don't really talk about um, the abuse and everything so that's one of the reasons I wanted to put this out there is just so that you know if there's any guys out there listening to this then just know that you're not alone um, females also just know that you're not alone like this this stuff happens and don't don't blame yourself like you are a target like the the traits that attracted this person are good traits to have you know being like empathetic or or, i'm sorry empathic empathetic however it's said um these are good traits to have you know uh caring trusting and everything it's just that you know just know that there are people out there that are willing to take advantage of that and and almost like gather intel on you to get you in a position where you can't leave so just be cautious. You know, I'm praying for you guys, thinking about you guys and everything, and um, I hope you guys work it out. So, 
you know what, I think I may have covered up my microphone for the last few minutes, and I apologize, I'll, I'll figure out if I did. Um, tells me, you know, hey, I'm thinking about you guys, praying for you guys, I, I hope that y'all are able to work things out. So I just text him back, like, this is what's going on. And so I just lay it all out there for him, and he immediately calls me, so he's a mechanic, and he's like, oh my god, man, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, dude, it's not a big deal, it's just... I know that people think that I just suddenly decided to leave her or whatever, like, but this is, this is some major issues on her part. He tells me that one day, a few months prior, she had come to him and asked him if she, if he could deactivate her, her, um, GPS on her vehicle so that that way I couldn't find out where she was because... I had been following her around, harassing her, and showing up when she was trying to to meet with clients and everything. And I was like, "No, that that is not true at all." And he was like, "Man, I I feel so stupid because you're you're obviously not that kind of guy." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, don't don't feel stupid. Like she's really good at what she does. Like, um, but yeah, so." Just, uh, if you do know her, if you figured out who she is, just be cautious and take anything she says with a grain of salt. Um, I'm not bashing her or anything. I'm just trying to make sure that other people don't get sucked in. So, that's about all I have. You know, again, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'm going to come up with an email address. And that way, anybody who listens can email in and, and ask questions and everything. And, um... I really, this, this one is my favorite episode so far. Thank you and have a great night.